This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to part two of this week's Clash of the Titles, the podcast that pitched two movies with lots in common in a fight to the death to see which one comes out victorious. We spent Monday's episode in the world of Warcraft, which means today... Hey, look, it's a Dungeons and Dragons ride. Wow, neat. <laughs> Give me a break. I don't like this. Hey, what's happening? Fear not, ranger, barbarian, magician, thief, cavalier, and acrobat. Yes, consider us your very own dungeon masters, your guide in the realm of 2023's Dungeons and Dragons, honor among thieves. Here's the thing. We're a team of thieves. And when you do this, you're bound to make enemies. Sometimes those enemies come looking for revenge. So, which film will be victorious in this week's fantasy roleplay rumble? Well, we'll find out at the end of the show. Let's get it on. Welcome to Clash of the Titles. the Kraken. Hello, Clash Butters. Jonathan! I'm Alex Zane. <laughs> I'm Vicky Crompton. Best line in the movie. <laughs> Jonathan! It's a good start, yeah. Oh, Jonathan! <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, yes, it's just me and V uh, for this show. Chris is now firmly on the ground in his spiritual home of Austin, Texas, attending Fantastic Fest and no doubt enjoying some queso and chips. So it is just us, the oracles of knowledge on the world <laughs> of Warcraft and Dungeons and Dragons. Um, as I said on Monday, quick reminder, we're approaching these movies as uh, slices of cinematic entertainment rather than going big on the Easter eggs and lore of each film. Because we just don't know it. You know this, don't you? I know a bit more about this. Yeah. I know a bit more about this. I really wish there was a Warhammer fantasy roleplay, because that was my bag. When I was at school, Warhammer fantasy roleplay, which is a lot like Dungeons & Dragons, but a yes. completely different system, yes. um, published by Games Workshop, it was brilliant. Okay. Um, and it's kind of like Dungeons & Dragons, but it's not. Okay. So it would be a lie for me to go, yeah, Dungeons & Dragons. So they're not the same. They're not the same. Okay. No, in the same way, Shadowrun... Uh, it's not the same as uh, Werewolf the Apocalypse. Oh, yeah, I was just about to say. Right. Yeah. yeah, Nightmare, okay. I mean, those two aren't really comparable. Shadowrun was amazing. Right. We can play if you want. I don't even know where to start. What Do you do? You just sit around and talk to each other? It's kind of like it's set in the Blade Runner universe. It's a cyberpunk future. No, and... I know, but physically, what do you do? Oh, yeah, you sit around. <laughs> Someone's the games master, or in the case of Dungeons & Dragons, the dungeon master, and basically yeah. they've come up with a story, a mission, oh, that the players okay. have to complete. It's a great way to learn the art of storytelling, yeah. because as the games master, you basically set the scene, explain what the people can see what's happening right and do you provide the snacks 
Oh, uh, well, that depends on whose house you're doing it at. You don't do it at the Dungeon Master's house. I mean, what you do is you go around to your friend's house and then you talk about the girls in the year that you fancy <laughs> who you're never going to get with because you're holding your a handful of D20s. And, and What's it, a D20? It's a 20-sided dice. Is it? <laughs> I'm so sorry. Did you know, when, on Monday when I went, grab a D20 and Chris Pine? I no idea. you're like, fucking hell, I'm out of my depth. Yeah, I did think that. <laughs> Right, yeah, it's a 20-sided dice. Right, okay. It's, it's an amazing... Why do you need more than one die, sir? A uh, handful, you don't? You do. All right. I mean, because you need, like... This so you move around the board, like this... Four-sided beep, 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 beep. dice, yep. this 20-sided dice. Sure. And, like, you need them for different things. Great, that makes perfect sense. Mm. It does. But you don't move around a board. There's no figures involved in this. Some people paint up a figure that represents their character yep. and place it in front of themselves while they're playing the game for a visual oh, aid. Oh, nice. But that is not obligatory. Okay, I had no idea. It's... I cannot lie, it's such good fun. I know, I, I, mean, I know it means a lot to you. I'm not being snide, I know it does. You know my friend Johan? Yes. He still does uh, roleplay, but he does it on YouTube now, so you can watch him. Can you? Um, I've watched him doing roleplay. I yeah. didn't know that. But honestly, it's fascinating, because you do get engrossed in the story in the world, and then you sort of go, oh, that's my mate. That's so interesting, because he doesn't seem like, he's like, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like attention, I don't need attention. I'm on YouTube, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very, very, very a complicated very man. Mm. Yeah, an enigma. <laughs> an enigma. Uh, right then, uh, <laughs> just before we get into uh, this episode and talk about Dungeons and & Dragons, and don't forget, at the end of this episode, we will deliver the verdict, which is the better film. Uh, we do have a review, uh, courtesy of one of you. <laughs> Uh, it's. I will say, it's a four star review. Okay, not a five star review. Fine. Uh, this is from Susan four four one one four four. Sorry, but this pod is so much better when one of the presenters is on holiday. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Which what? That's, oh, that's she doesn't say thank that's you. That's horrible. Alex, you shouldn't have done that. Well, it's not, I, I, but this episode, one of the presenters is on holiday. Fair enough. And bless Susan, she doesn't specify which. No. So we don't know. We've all had time off We've all recently. had equal time off and as it, well. it could be just the fact that with two of us, it's just a different pod. Well, she's a massive Dave Berry fan. That's possible. <laughs> like, all right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's what she yeah. means. Yeah, but I think Susan, 414441, uh, would have said, this pod is better when one of the presenters is on holiday <laughs> and is replaced with Dave Berry. <laughs> The Absolute Breakfast Show, 9 till 10. <laughs> uh, wait, that's short. 9 till 10? <laughs> Lazy bastard. <laughs> uh, so, on Monday, I perfected the craft of war because it's called Warcraft, not Pillowcraft. <laughs> which means today, is it love or hate for the world of Baldur's Gate? V, take us on a journey. I don't know what Dungeons and Dragons is, but I do know what Indiana Jones is and the Hunger Games, so I should be fine. And all the reviews I read of this said I'd be fine. And the trailer was great. Oh, no, wait, I'm immediately lost because Mordekainen and the Helm of Disjunction a Thayan, Thayan, Paladin, a Themba Shord in the Underdark. What? Added to this word soup are 1,000 tiny side missions as Edgin and friends, I won't name them, are, I think, trying to break into a safe and rescue his daughter. And these two things are conflated somehow. And why solve one puzzle when you can solve loads of puzzles? And thank God for stringing it together with the occasional fun line and Hugh Grant in Paddington too. And oh, look, a fat dragon, aren't we surprising? So the gang, I can't name them, somehow end up in a maze and then find the boat with treasure, which also has the daughter on it. So those plot strands come together nicely. Then they wreck Safina plan to make everyone undead by sprinkling treasure everywhere which doesn't lead to a fatal crush but means everyone is out of harm's reach of red smoke which also doesn't catch the breeze which is handy then there's a sort of rock paper scissors fight which is cool and then Holger nearly dies but is brought back and isn't undead so what with the corpses in the graveyard there's three types of not dead in this world mm-hmm. fuck it maybe they had walkie talkies made out of rock five minutes ago so what do I know oh that's right I know nothing I do know Shrek though so actually I think this film is fine <laughs> yeah is it again we were talking about, I was talking about this on Monday Getting older. I think if I was a kid and I saw treasure falling out of the sky, my mind wouldn't immediately go, if that hits someone, they are dead. And that is all I could think about. I'm like, that's a gold chalice from height. That hits. I know what that happens if you throw a penny off the Empire State Building. Someone dies. So it cracks your skull open. Yeah. Right. And I'm looking at that. I'm like, this is not safe. Yeah. This and is a bad everyone's, plan. Like, everyone's leave the arena in an orderly exit to get the treasure. Not a problem. Like, there's no, like, I will climb over you to get this thing that hasn't killed anybody else. But fine. So I, I mean, I mean what I say. I saw the trailer and I thought that looks really fun. And I, mm. it, I, I don't know Dungeons and Dragons, but I felt like I'd been invited in. 
but I didn't watch it. Um, which says a lot and then I saw it on Amazon I was like not 15 quid absolutely not and then I waited until it was more affordable we waited <laughs> we waited we, we waited <laughs> did so. you too yeah I know did Chris not go and see this at the something something I don't know uh, hello live from Austin <laughs> Texas uh, I'm drunk I'm uh, uh, a margarita so I'm a little bit merry uh, just in the flat you know the festival Chris no I'm listening to Alan Partridge in the flat <laughs> Stop it. He's not here to defend himself. That's, That's right. rude. Uh, right. So uh, I had the brilliant Jason Wong on my other podcast. Chris Tilly is also on my other podcast. It's called Trip to the Movies. If you're missing Chris, have a listen to that. But Jason Wong was on it, who plays Dralas in this movie. Uh, he is the green evil dude with the glowing sword who fights uh, reggae. Oh, OK. Yeah. So. Sorry. Yeah, that's all right. Um so I had him on the pod, and so I needed to go and see this. And so I went to E1 uh, to a screening, and I thought it would be a busy screening. It was just for me. Oh, I got my own little private screening. Did you get screening. free drinks? Uh, no. Ah, oh, no, shame. I didn't get free drinks. Oh, I was just in the screening room on my own, and I bloody loved it. Yeah, of And I really wish I'd seen it in the same way, like we were talking about on the Barbie episode. Seeing Barbie in a mm. packed cinema was a really great experience because yes. you get carried away. Laughter's infectious. And watching this on my own, I was laughing on my own, <laughs> like on my own in the screening room. I was pissing myself, and I just sort of had that moment where I was like, oh... This would be so good to watch with a crowd. Yeah. So I wish I'd seen it with a crowd. And apparently, uh, when it was first screened for audiences, before its release, everyone, Paramount, I think it's Paramount, the yes. film studio thought, we have got a hit here. Because audiences were loving it. They thought it was yeah. going to be huge. Turns out, not the case. But I yeah. do wish I'd seen it in a busy cinema. Um, but I will say this, little caveat. Didn't enjoy it as much this time around. Maybe it doesn't hold up. Weird, isn't it? Like, once you've seen a joke, you're like, oh, this joke's coming. But then I watched The Avengers over and over again, so who knows? That's a good point, yeah. And you've got some prior interest in understanding the world a bit more. Well, maybe it's the fact that we should all watch movies in the bloody cinema, because in the cinema you're not distracted. You... In the cinema, you're not distracted. When you're by yourself, you are. Is that yeah, what you mean? If you're watching it in your flat, do you not get distracted? Oh, watch? God, yeah. That's Sorry, I, I thought mean. you meant in your private screening room you got distracted. That's perverse. Like, what, what do the people have to do to get you to pay attention? I didn't have planning permission for that, so the <laughs> councillor made me fill it in. But, yeah. Well, let me tell you a little bit about it. So, directed by the duo of Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly, who you will remember from Horrible Bosses. Have you seen it? You do know, I know the movie. I Loved it. Yeah, I liked it. I loved it. Didn't love the sequel so much, but I love the first one. And I am going to come clean and say this up front. Yeah. Once I found out, I think I knew this, I thought this beforehand, but then when I realised it was the team behind Horrible Bosses. Yeah. Chris Pine, love Chris Pine. Yes. Doing Jason Bateman in this movie. I know. One, like, it's once you, and the voice, because they've got quite similar voices, once you see it, yeah. you can't unsee it. And if he's you squint doing a it, bit as well. He's doing Jason Bateman from Horrible Bosses. Yeah. I mean, which is kind of Jason Bateman in a lot of stuff, but sure. oh, specifically Horrible Bosses. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and also um, Spider-Man Homecoming, so they know their way around... Uh, a franchise, I guess, although I don't know what's going to happen with this. Anyway, but it's been in development for like 100,000 million years. Um, there was a previous attempt. It's just a rights thing. It's, I mean, it's a bit inside baseball, but you've got this film version announced in 2013 and then you've got, that's with Warners and someone called Sweet Pea Entertainment. I don't know what that is. Hasbro sued the fuck out of them because they've got something. It all gets settled anyway. It's the Warners one that is going to go ahead with Rob Letterman directing and I always want to call him Angel. It's Ansel. Uh, you can see my problem. Ansel Elgort. Angel. And that's what I always want to call Angel's a nice name. With him to star. Uh, which is only interesting now, really, because obviously in terms of age difference between him and Chris Pine, the eventual lead, it's a big difference. Um, I struggle with him a little bit. He's not one of my favourite actors. I don't even know his name, so... Okay. <laughs> Frankly. He was the leading baby driver. I remember, yeah, I know, I know. But I, he's just a bit of a blank canvas to me, as in I don't have any feelings towards him. Okay. So I don't have any strong feelings towards him. No. You know, I just... Because I, I really liked Baby Driver. I yes. think it's a fantastic movie. Yeah, and yeah. I, it's just... It's it's the one ever so slight kind of... Oh, like, if he was played by someone who I was like, oh, it's that... 
I'd, I'd, I'd have loved it like just a little bit more. Yeah. But I still I love feel like it. There's something missing. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, anyway, it all gets moved to Paramount, so you're right about that. Uh, this is 2017. Chris McKay is going to direct uh, from a script by Michael Gilio. And then, as legend would have it, as far as stories go, this is not all that, but it's on the internet a lot, so I'll read it to you. Great. So it's 2019. Um, John Francis Daly goes to a pub to watch baseball gets hammered not his words my words it's not got hammered got talking to an agent and told this agent that him and Jonathan Goldstein had left the flash because it was a bit of a nightmare for them all respectful but it just wasn't working out Uh, this wasn't news yet the agent tells Paramount Paramount are like send this thing to them and that's it the job is theirs Um, they've got Dungeons and Dragons love between them so John Daly was Sam in Freaks and Geeks who's the D&D player um, and then casting wise, <laughs> so, Hugh Grant. I'm I'm into this Hugh Grant renaissance, whatever. Like I'm well into Hugh Grant. Renaissance. Hugh Renaissance. Thank you. Not 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 Grant Renaissance. Renaissance. <laughs> yeah. That works. Sure. Hugh Renaissance. I like Hugh Renaissance. Yeah. I don't know if that's a thing, but you heard it here first. Is it not? I thought you would understand what I was. I mean, I know what it is, but yeah. I don't know if it's got like the reconnaissance thing. I don't know if it's got an, an overarching. Well, you need to get in touch with his agent because that's what they should be working towards right now. There um, should be an Oscar. Have you seen the uh, Willy Wonka origin story trailer with Timothy no. Chalamet? No, I haven't. Is it bad? Do you know if Hugh Grant's in it or not? Do you know? No. I do. No. Oh. Is he good in it? I'm not saying a single word, but he... Is he granddad? <laughs> he's so good. Is he? It's it. hardly any of him, but... Um, but it's yeah, Timothy ha- Chalamet's go home. Off. Go home, watch the Hugh Grant bit in the... Willy Wonka trailer, it's great. Oh my God, I will. That's very exciting. Yeah. Uh, so, um, Daly and Goldstein get the script to him. Apparently he said, I should tell you, I hate everything I read. And I loved your script. The only reason I mentioned that is because then apparently he said to his agent, which one of them two is British? Because there's a lot of British casting in it, a lot of British humour. Uh, Justice Smith doing an amazing accent, like unbelievably good. So it did feel quite welcoming to me. Like it felt like a British thing. Mm. Um, you know, the graveyard bit. They they said they wanted the Monty Python lads, as you're supposed to call them, to voice the oh. corpses and all that, but that didn't work out. Um, and then, obviously, you've got Reggae John Page. Um, <laughs> well, I know. You yeah, don't you... want one of them. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, John, no, it's great. This isn't really the platform for that. <laughs> this is sort of, if you could stick to the script. No, you, you want to... You want to put that out there right now? Great. I mean, yeah, because, you know, uh, you can't say these things anymore. (laughs) So this is the place you can say them, I guess. Is he still making his new Faulty Towers? Oh, God, no. I think that got stopped. Did it? I don't think it has. Did it just go away? Or was it never really a thing? I'm not sure. It's such clickbait, isn't it, that it's so hard to tell what's real Mm. on a wider note. I love a bit of clickbait, though. You do love a bit of clickbait. What, a shark swallowed a helicopter? No, no you were like, only smart people know the answer to this quiz. <laughs> Click here. Like, I did that this morning. I, you did, I was on Instagram trying to work it out. I couldn't work it out. Idiot. And I was like, I think that's it. Only a real friend forwards this post. <laughs> I don't that's, do that. That's Come you. on. Reply with a heart if you ever cared about me or whatever thing. <laughs> no. No, you don't do no. that, do you? <laughs> yeah, okay, fine. You know who you are. Uh, anyway, uh, so, Reggae John Page, this is me being a bit of a mum. I don't watch, is it called Bridgerton? Don't watch that. Didn't, yeah, he's not in it anymore. No, I know, because then it was like, oh, he's left it to be Bond. I was like, I don't know who this kid is. I don't know what the fuss is all about. My mistake. I do understand it now. Right. He's excellent. Mm. He, he should be whatever he wants to be, quite frankly, that young man. He's very good. Um... So, anyway, it made $93 million domestically, mm. which is not good compared to the budget, but it was over 200 worldwide and all blah de blah blah So, it probably did break even. It's not a flop. I don't think it's a slam dunk for a sequel either. No, uh, I think so. I think that's another connection between these new movies, both these movies. They both did well. Yeah. But, but not, not enough well. Not not enough well? Not well enough? Is there a Pikachu sequel? Have I missed that? So, like, do they ever do well enough that someone's like, do people just go, oh, God, thank God, and take the money and, like, we're not going to do that again? Or they're like, da 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 we're going to do another... I mean, Mario Sonic was... Sonic got a sequel. Sonic did get a sequel. Mm. Yeah. Tomb Raider got a sequel. Lots of sequels. Lots, well, reboot. 
Yeah. Not really a sequel. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to finish up with uh, one last piece of advice because it was little seen at the cinema. So I always say this whenever we're talking about John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein, uh, the Vacation Reboot with Ed Helms (laughs) is hands down one of the funniest movies of the last 10 years. I should watch that. It's absolutely brilliant. It got sniffy reviews at the time. Do not understand that. And it's just... Oh, I love it so much. I will watch it. Vacation Reboot from 2015. It had better be good. It's <laughs> great. And if you don't like it, you'll at least understand why I think it's brilliant. That's, that's, you could say that about so many things. <laughs> <laughs> it is true. Uh, shall we do the film then? Yeah. Well, All right. So, a uh, little homage in the director's words to Jurassic Park yes! here. That's your raptor cage. Oh, didn't realise they knew that. But I must have <laughs> Yeah, I like seeing that. I think it looks cool. I love that it's like, why has he got flames on the outside of it? Who are they for? But it doesn't matter. It looks great. Mm. So we're going to meet Ed Ginn, who I'm probably going to call Ed. It's just a bit easier for me. And Holger. Holger. They're in prison. Mm. They're buddies. They're good together. I do think they're good together. I like this. Yeah, it's a good relationship. Doesn't always... That can be really difficult to write, really difficult to do. Uh, It's much easier, lazier to have a little thing. But to not do that, I do like that. Um, then we find out that Ed was a harper. Don't know what that is. Then his wife got fridged, so he had to stop all of that and become a thief. And then, God, exposition, exposition, but Simon and done something. Done well, though. Done well, so yeah. So I, I really rate this opening. I think this opening is absolutely fantastic because you've got ten minutes with a film to, A, convince the audience that it's good, yes. and, B, convince the audience of the tone so they go... Oh, right, this movie knows what it's doing. It's got a tone. That's what I'm up for. And I just think this whole parole board conversation with the council and the way he tells it and the the, the, the sort of like the bits where they go, you've gone back too far and him buying time. You really didn't like that? I don't like you've gone back too far. I think it's student filmmaking, but I do do like, because it's in Goodfellas, when you're in one scene and you pre-lap the dialogue, but you have the character say it in the previous scene. Mm. So he says something like, is Jonathan here yet? And that's in your flashback scene. I like that. It's so good. The whole Jonathan thing. It's quite funny. Because you, I mean, it's great misdirection because you think Jonathan is going to be sympathetic yes, to their it's case. It's just a bird. It's literally, they just want to fly out of there. And, and it's also got possibly the best line in the movie, she's throwing potatoes! <laughs> just everything about this scene. Uh, I, I just, I, I love it. I think I wrote it down somewhere. Oh, uh, Sarah Amwankwa, uh, who plays Baroness Torbo. Mm-hmm. She's almost the best thing in the movie. <laughs> like, she gets about four lines to do, and she is just brilliant. The way she says, oh, Jonathan, <laughs> so good. I don't know why, but this opening scene is phenomenal. I was literally, I, I watched this, I was like, I am into this movie 100%. Yeah. It can do no wrong in my eyes. It's going to have to work hard to fuck it up fuck it up after this whole scene yeah i agree it's just you just feel you feel invited in mm. and you're in safe hands and chris pine is a massive movie star michelle rodriguez is amazing they're just good you're just like i will follow you too it is fine mm. so just a little bit of more exposition uh they had this like big job to rob some i don't know what they're robbing in this flashback i don't get it um and then there's something about a tablet of reawakening so i'm starting to be a bit like oh no because you know, in other movies, in other tones, realms, you'd be like, that's a lifestone. But in this, it's a tablet of reawakening. And it's like, that feels clunky, but okay, this is where we are. Uh, and then this is where Safina, this like mad witch, got them trapped and then arrested. Are you arrested? Do you get arrested or do you yeah, get captured? Yeah, yeah. Let's go with captured. I captured. Don't, I don't know. I mean, you'd never trust her. She's spacey as all hell, but fine. Yeah, I mean, what the hell are they doing? It's like, <laughs> look at those eyes. Just like, fuck me. No, 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 we know. She knows where some treasure is. I could know where all the treasure is forever. And I'm still not going with that mad-eyed woman. Lady. Lady. You say witch. Because no. it sounds like bitch, Aye. but it's not. So it's fine. That stupid witch. <laughs> there you go. The witch is back. Brilliant. Great. Witch perfect. <laughs> Good. Not I think relevant. I've run out, yeah. yeah. You witch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Get away from her, you witch. <laughs> aliens. There you go. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Right. Anyway, Could so. bring anything back to aliens. You, and you, you talk should. about aliens. Yeah. I, yeah. Sure. Let's, uh, let's carry on. So. Edgin, Ed, he wants his daughter back. You said you were going to call him Ed. I know. You didn't say you were going to use both names every time. <laughs> 
It's just going to make a, a long podcast even longer. I, a, we're not 10 minutes into the movie yet. That's a good Says the man who did an hour and 15 on Warcraft <laughs> on Monday. Thank you for that. Thank you for that feedback. I can take that. Uh, I'm just, I'm, do you know what? I'm going to say Edgin. Change my mind. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm going to say Edgin. The old switcheroo. The old switcher. Do you know what it is? I'm just going to unburden myself because there's only the two of us and this is what always happens, right? I like things that align more with the sort of geek side of our culture. But I feel a certain reticence to fully inhabit that in my personality. Hmm. And sometimes by saying the full names, it's like admitting that you like things. Do you know what I mean? So why do you not want to fully embrace that as part of your personality? Massive question. You tell me. I don't know. Genuinely don't know. I'm not that self-aware. Is it... I mean, is it some hangover from school? Where Maybe. The... Oh, no, I was so brazen about it at school. You were brazen about your geekdom? Yes, at school. Okay. And then I became a, teen, a fully grown-up teenager and then I shed it. But why can't I just have some of it every now and then? I can tell you why I don't fully go... It's because I don't know enough. And I think there is such a, you know, like, if you're a geek, like, we're talking about Johan on Monday. Yeah. Johan knows Warhammer 40k lore inside out. Okay. And when you see him talk about it and you see his level of knowledge... Mm I then refuse to sort of engage in Warhammer 40k conversations online or with people yeah. like who know about it because I'm like, Shh, I know fuck all compared to that. And it's and if you get caught out, if you're like, oh yeah, I love 40k, and they're like, oh, do you know what a Black Fortress is? And you're like, uh, no. And they're like, oh, I thought you said you liked 40k. It's that sort of the hierarchy do within really the think, geek world. Do you think that would happen because that's gatekeeping? And I thought I always yeah, think of it as it a is. very inclusive space. 40k especially is. I think the fans of Warhammer 40k are one of the most inclusive groups. Yeah. Like, you know, I've, I, uh, a, a, a friend, Raul Coley, like, uh, yeah. he is massively into 40k and he came on the podcast yeah. and he was talking about how he's just started, but what he's found is just people being so welcoming yeah. in that community. And I agree. I yeah. agree. But I think with other things, maybe not so. Uh, but I don't know for sure. But yeah, I see what you mean. It is gatekeeping. Maybe, but again, I'm not accusing people of that so much it's as your fear it's of it. me. Yeah, yeah, it's sure. me thinking yeah. that. Mine is the opposite. I'm worried that I'll get drawn into a conversation where they're like, talk to us, come and, come and be with us. And I was like, I can't because I have spent so many years not doing those things. Mm. So I'm worried about being welcome into a, a wonderful space. And so I shut myself down from it. Okay, that's weird. That's really sort of masochistic. Mom, what's going on? Oh wow, I could have so much fun doing that, and I'm not allowed. Yeah. I won't let myself enjoy. Is it because you're worried that you know perhaps painting miniatures and doing tabletop wargaming may be more fun than your children, and suddenly <laughs> you begin to neglect them? And don't forget to join us next week for Clash of the Titles Therapy Five Minutes, where we discuss. The things that matter to you. <laughs> and by you, we mean us. You mean Vicky. <laughs> so, um, Chris will be mad, but now is when we're going to have a break. <laughs> oh, really? We're going to have a break with it. Okay, do you want to throw forward to something to do with the movie? Nope. Or, okay. Nope. Okay. Let's have a short break. Okay, great. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At Bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Just off while we're having a break. Yep. So do you ever go to Comic-Con? Yes. And is it nice? It's great. I someone at work was like, do you want to kind of say, oh my God, I do. But then I'm so nervous about saying, just, I don't know, I just feel nervous about it. Or do you cosplay? I don't think I would. I don't think I, because I don't think I could do it brilliantly. And I would feel like I was in shit costume. So uh, being in no costumes <laughs> better than being in shit costume. Oh, is it Comic-Con? Uh, admittedly, this time I was working, I was hosting the, the Star Trek. <laughs> I really shouldn't say this. <laughs> I was hosting the Star Trek Strange New Worlds panel, which if you listen to Monday's episode, where I basically described Anson Mount as brilliant in Star Trek Strange New Worlds, available now on Paramount+. Plus. <laughs> that was me accidentally slipping back into work mode. Because at the time I was like, why have you written that down? And it's from doing loads of work for that show. But it is also good. But anyway, I was there and I was just wearing like a jacket. I was wearing black and then I had yeah. this sort of tweed jacket over the top. And someone came up to me and went, oh, can we get a photo of you against the wall? And yeah. I'm like, why? And they were like, because of the cosplay. We think it's brilliant and i'm like are you joking i'm like what have you come i was as? like i really wish I, I was i just sort of i was in another space i'm a I normal went, man I was, I was just like oh no, no I'm, I'm sorry I'm, I'm really busy and then i was like i wish i'd known who they thought i would that's awesome if they'd gone well you've come as alex zane i'd be like yes <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes i have today <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe. i've been nailing that for years <laughs> but no i don't know who they thought i was okay i, I couldn't cosplay because i was working but i uh, would yeah. do normally so that's therapy five minutes done, I guess. Sorry. Also, well, that was therapy ten minutes. Uh, to, <laughs> just because it's a new feature, we just thought we'd run it a little bit longer. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's a litmus test. You know, let us know on Twitter. Don't. Uh, so, <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons. So the thing is, Edgin, which is where they started, uh, he wants his daughter. Fuck, that seems like so long ago <laughs> I know. when I went, are you going to use both names? Is that this show? <laughs> So Holger wants her back too. Now the thing is, Kira and Holger's relationship—that's the end beat of the film. It's really important. It's hinted here. Kira and her dad are reunited. She sprints past her dad, and she gives Holger a cuddle first. And you think Holger would go? I literally think she's my daughter at this point. But she kind of saves it for the end. It's fine, but it was a bit cheeky. I think too. I think I feel like information has been withheld from me. Which is, it's not clear how much Holger loves this child and how much this child loves her, mm. so she can't die, basically. Anyway, we'll come back to that. Uh, so, Holger saves them from a beheading. I think she's amazing in this. I love the, you know, that's the, that was in the trailer. That would have got me in if mm. I would have paid the money. I mentioned it on Monday. The action in this movie is a lot more to my taste. Not oh, it's saying, great. Not saying Warcraft's bad, great. but this is, this is my kind of action. A little bit of humour, very visceral. <clears throat> yeah. You feel the punches. We've also obviously met Hugh Grant by this point. Yes. And he does the great line, you look like a well-read fisherman with secrets. <laughs> great line. That's amazing. Yeah, such a good life. I love that. Uh, we're putting the gang together to get the girl, the daughter, and break up on the safe, and the gang is Simon. I, If I'm honest, I don't think much of Simon at this point. I, I love the trope of ma- mage, magician that's bad becomes good. But I need it to be serious. I don't. I don't like it with comedy. I don't know why. He, he earns his place in my heart later. But I just want to see cool magic tricks. I don't necessarily want to see an unconfident person. Yeah, I will mention at this stage uh, we get the first mention of needing a, a, a shapeshifter um, who uh, Holger says uh, because she can turn into a deer and yes. uh, Elgin, Elgin, Edgin, Edgin, Ed. Jeez, you've done it enough times. Sorry. Elgin. Edgin goes, yeah, dismissive. So she can fit in with all the other deer at the castle. Yes. Seeding. It's a, it's a long, long play rule of three, but the fucking payoff. No, it's not that good. It's, it's fine. Immaculate. It's not. It's fine. It's, because they ruined it because she goes, oh, so she was a deer. It's like we just fucking saw it. Like, you don't need to put no, it you with do. that. You you, do, no, I, you don't. It doesn't work because it's like the film missed a trick if it, Holger doesn't say that. Well, there's it, another way of doing Change the line. The line's too basic. Oh, so right. she was a deer. Yeah. <laughs> or you do. You just have Holger looking at Edgin going, yeah, or the mm-hmm. deer or eats out of her hand. Whatever. Yeah. Fine. So, anyway, Fine. Matter. Either Fine. way, it's a great rule of three. So, Doric. I'm glad we're agreed on So, I was like, oh, a druid. And then she's like, I'm a tiefling? And that is a shapeshifter? Is that right? Lots of different words for the same thing. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, am I wrong? No, no, you, you're Am right. I going to get crucified? You're right, because I was just like, is it Druid? Because I've written Shapeshifter. They go, we need Dor- Doric the Druid. And then... They, they... I think Doric and Druid are too close. Agreed. Right. Strong agree. Anyway, I like the owl bear. I think that's fun. Yeah. Right. So here we go. We're going to go on. <laughs> Number Sorry, one. Sorry, Simon. What? Simon's line. I courted you. You said I made you feel sad. <laughs> Good. Good. Yeah, I funny. didn't. I wasn't in love with Simon the first time I watched this. He was a high point for me on the second watch. Yeah. He's, he gets so much. He doesn't get better. You just get used to him. And I like, yeah, I made you feel sad. <laughs> That's very funny. <laughs> right. Here we are. So, what are you doing here? We need a deer. We don't need a deer. Setting it up. <laughs> Setting it up. We're going to have about 456 million side missions. I just, it's so annoying. I'm sorry, it's so annoying. I don't know why it doesn't work. Like, I don't mind it in Indiana Jones. What, what am I missing? Indiana Jones is like one, we all know the end point, but we know the end point here. These feel like unnecessary distractions for the sake of putting the characters in motion, for the sake of solving a puzzle. It just doesn't land. I don't, I can't articulate it. Which is what a lot of the reviews said. A lot of the reviews said that it was like, a little bit here, like it's a really and bitty we'll move, film. Yeah. It's like we do this bit, and then we do this bit, and then we do this bit, and then we do the big bit, and yeah, we're yeah. done. And then we're done. Yeah. yeah. So to get into the vault, we need a helmet. For the helmet, we have to journey. But before we're going to do that, or as we're doing that, we're going to meet Bradley Cooper, who is Holger's tiny ex. Now, I know that this was done after the film was finished and they showed it and Bradley Cooper liked it and wanted to be in it. So it's not like it could possibly move the plot along because it was put in afterwards. And maybe the joke is overextended, but it doesn't matter because it's really funny. Um, Do you think so? I like it very much, but only because I like seeing Bradley Cooper <laughs> not be the sort of alpha dude, huh? as in not to do with his size, but he's deferential to her and he's trying to be truthful with her and also bring her down, let her down gently that he's got a new girlfriend. And so there's just a lot going on. Like, I think he's very good. Yeah. You didn't like it. I just I'm didn't, very surprised. I just, like I think if... I think my expectation was if you've got Bradley Cooper who can do funny like no one else when he's doing his comedy he's very funny yep. very funny actor I just found it quite a low energy scene like it doesn't have a funny bit I didn't laugh at it and I sort of really expected it's like fucking hell Bradley, Oscar nominee Bradley Cooper sure. as a little halfling in this and then <laughs> and then I was like okay I mean it's a nice scene There's yes. nothing wrong with it just expected there to be like one big like <laughs> in yeah the fair enough Fair enough. Uh, so then we'll go and bother some corpses. This is sweet, like the five questions thing. This film does that thing that I think you like, because Guardians of the Galaxy does it quite a lot as well, which is, why is oh, it five? It's is, just five. Do you think this is like Guardians of the Galaxy? Oh, my God. Wait, hot take. <laughs> hot take alert. Sound the alarm. I think it might be. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I'm not going to go now. I'm going to do it in the bits. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, the, look, I have absolutely no problem. Like the MCU thing and the Guardians thing, especially within the MCU, absolutely love it. You know, I love the Guardians films and this doing that. I'm on board. I'm like, yeah, it makes something that is kind of impenetrable, very, very accessible to a lot of people in a really fun way. Yes. I have caveats. Yeah, that's fair. It can't. It's the you can't. Oh, God, no. We'll get into it. Right. It's fine. Leave it there. Right. So I think the corpse is a bit... Obviously, it's had quite a lot of joke passes and whatever. I just think everybody... I think all the cast, you just love the cast because everybody's pulling really hard to make it work. And so you've swept along with it. But it is, the, is it the funniest thing you've ever seen in your life? No. Does it go on for a bit? Yes. The button with the, the corpse being left. That was only four questions. Saw that come in. So maybe we could do a bit better there. I don't know. But it feels dour to be like, oh, that wasn't really hilarious because it's just a nice yeah. experience. Um, and then talking of gardens as well. So Reggae on page. That you've nicked that, like you have nicked it, and I don't know if that's all right. Like you can't just have. I don't understand the joke. Like you just can't. Can you do that? I mean, I know. I mean, <laughs> clearly you can because we just watched it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he's Drax. He's just Drax. Yeah, and it's like that's. I mean, a bit rude. Well, I don't. I don't. It's not that it's rude to steal something from Guardians. It's rude that you. Wouldn't that you'd put it in a movie and not expect the audience? Like it's like, did you? If, if on any level they were like, oh, I think we're going to get away with that, and yeah. you're like, well, no, because that's insulting. Because mm. you just did Drax, and we all know Drax because he's yeah. the funniest thing in Guardians. It's the same audience, sure. Well, very similar, no? Yeah, yeah. It, that whole thing where uh, you know, son of a bitch. So you blame his mother for his behaviour? Oh God, I'm I hate like, that. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so he rescues a cat from a fish. Great helmet stuff again. 
Then we're going to the orifice of the underdark. Chris Pine making the orifice joke at this point doesn't make it any less annoying to me that we're going somewhere else. The only, but fine, I'm being miserable. So Zenk is Zenk, is it? Mm. Zenk. He is like, whatever you've heard about this place, it's worse. And it's like, it seems absolutely fine. Like, it's not that scary. There's like the Indiana Jones Bridge. Then there's a fat dragon. Uh, it doesn't seem that bad to me. Like, I was expecting something much worse. Yeah, um, the walking brains are pretty... Oh, they're good, grim. yeah. And the fact that... That joke's not good, though. Like, it's too... Is it for kids? Is it for babies? Is it for babies? No, it's not for babies. <laughs> like, oh, if the people with the intellect or whatever... scary for babies. <laughs> and then, obviously, the brains all... I like the blood coming out of the brain, but, like, the brains waddle past them because they're stupid. Like, okay. Yeah, I mean, I wonder whether they sort of oversold the underdark. Yes. Um, because of the joke, wow, it sounds lovely. Quite the opposite. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. it's, it's, it's Drax. It's yeah, fine. yeah. I know, I was being ironic. I feel as irony is a blade that cuts those who wield it the most, especially. Mm-hmm. Good. And on and on, yeah. Right. Uh, we get, Drax. I hate saying hither, thither stick. I want to slap myself in the face. Hither, isn't it hither, tither? Don't know. I'm going to call it the portal stick. Fine. <laughs> I have a real problem with it because the first time he uses it, he creates the distant portal first. Yes, he does. And the near portal second. Correct. Later on, he creates the near portal first and the distant portal second, which doesn't make sense. You've got to have rules. Oh, Even my within God. this universe, you have to create the same portal so the in the same order. So the stick the first one is the destination yeah. and the second one is the start. Because he's not like, I'm, I'm powering the stick through my mind. I can create whichever door in whichever yeah. order. Like You've got to stick to the order. Otherwise, I wouldn't have noticed. And that's quite a basic one. Right. Okay, good. Right, we all hate the stick. Uh, sure, there's a lot of D&D fans going, that's not how that stick works! Sure, okay. It's my fear. It's uh, happening. Oh, God, oh, my God, are you all right? You said too much. <laughs> I haven't said it to you. I've got an opinion about a world I fully don't understand. You can do that. You do that all the time. Yeah, yeah I do. <laughs> I do it very well as well. I find You do you very s- well out of it. If you say things with confidence, those who don't know believe you. That's so true. Yeah. Uh, anyway... So, uh, dragon blows itself up. Don't care. Hate that dragon. Uh, I don't think it's clever. I don't think it's funny. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, so, now, Zenk is just going to leave now because we've got the helmet. This walking over the rock joke. God, I've done... Jesus, the amount of internet I read about this joke. So, apparently that's an ad lib where, you know, he's like, he's going to go now and he's going to keep walking in a straight line. Lots of different ad libs. All very funny. I heard it was an ad lib for Reggae Jean Page to walk over the rock. And then so much discussion, because I'm reading a lot of like transcripts from fan conventions and stuff like that. There is a lot of stuff you read about these films. But it is interesting from a filmmaking point of view that the directors had to like go to the mats over that joke because the studio was like, if a comedy is too funny, you lose people. And I would say this isn't too funny and that's the funniest thing in it, so definitely keep it. It was felt at some point by someone higher up that that was a joke too far. Are you sure? Are you sure it's? I'm sure you are, but let's ask the question anyway. Are you sure it's that if a joke's too funny, or if it looks like a joke is trying for a laugh? I think there's a difference there. Yes, because a funny joke is a funny joke, but if uh, it's where a joke is obvious, like there is no need for it to be in the movie. We talked about this the other week, where some actors who uh, you know are not stand-up comedians will embody a role so much that they deliver funny stuff but it's very much the character yes. doing something funny whereas some stand-ups not all stand-ups some stand-ups perform in films and because they're used to just finding a joke anywhere they'll do jokes but it steps outside the character oh, and it looks like they're looking for a laugh and at that point yeah. I think it breaks down I wonder I think this works perfectly I wouldn't ever th- yes. consider cutting this like... it doesn't it doesn't feel like it's trying too hard and Chris Pine's very good. You know, everybody everybody makes it work. So anyway, right now, Simon tries the helmet. Is he worthy? No, all is lost. Sort of. Is it? Is this the? Is this the no, low point? No, this is not the low point. This the low point is get... where they all get caught. Right? Yeah. right. This is our Act Two sort of midpoint heart to heart to propel us into the last half of Act Two. So a standard heart to heart. But for me, we've spent quite a lot of side missioning and moving and whatever to get the helmet, and then it's disregarded. We're going to use a stick instead which is annoying because I spent a lot of time trying to get this fucking helmet. But I do like the visual of the portal in the wagon. I think that's cool. It's confusing. Yeah. It looks awesome. It's fine. Uh, yeah, the shot where Doric goes through and it spins yeah, around. Yeah, I like great. that. In the trailer. In the trailer. <laughs> yeah. So Holger, I can't remember why this is now, but she's gone to the castle 
and she kills a lot of guards. Like she puts one of them in boiling molten iron or mm. whatever. Those are innocent people, I think. Yeah, not for babies. That's what I told you. Oh, so that's it's actually quite a scary babies. film. Yeah. Uh, Simon punches himself in the face, which conquers his doubts. I don't like that. <laughs> I think it's out of me and you. We talk about this a lot. I've got this weird aversion to punching someone as like either the end of a scene or an expression of emotion that's meant to make us go, you did it. Like it works sometimes if it's a baddie or whatever, but it feels weird that him hitting himself in his face, in his own face, mm. is the thing that overcomes his self-doubt. Physicality isn't his issue. You don't overcome your personal demons, which is what it is, with violence. It makes no sense to me. Yeah, I think it's that thing of doing something because i think traditionally you'd be like and this is where you know it's quite an unearthing of his feelings and he overcomes something and he overcomes something in his past that's already always held him back verbally you know but because this is doing that uh uh-oh offbeat guardian sting it's like you'd think it's that but no he just has to punch him so i think it's played for laughs and played to be different as opposed to you know failing to fully understand what it's trying to do okay I'm giving it the benefit of the doubt. Okay, good. You right. should. That's what that's what this today's all about. I have done. <laughs> so now we're in the Hunger Games. Uh I didn't get this. I mean it's bullshit from the script. Let them compete. Why? Because because what? Because like... they killed all my men. They've done really well so far, so let's give them a fighting chance. Sophia. What, what are you doing, mate? What are you doing, you scary witch? <laughs> So I don't like that. But I understand we've got to get them in the games. Otherwise, what was the point of all of this? Hmm. So there's the maze, famously, although I had to be told <laughs> by someone else. The original. Yeah. yeah. At first I was like, that he looks annoyingly familiar. Oh, well. <laughs> and then, then it was pointed out it to me. It's them. Yeah, it's I Presto like that. Presto and Eric yeah. and Hank and Sheila. And I watched that all the time. I was I loved it like everybody of our generation. I thought it was great. I mean, there was nothing else on, obviously, which helped, but I did like it. Uh, too many episodes. If I thought of this as a child, and I haven't rewatched them because it's one of those bits of nostalgia that I desperately want to keep as nostalgia yeah, and not ruin, it. like I ruined the Dukes of Hazard. Don't know why I love that so much. There's only one car chasing episode, and each episode is an hour long. What was I watching? <laughs> I wasn't old enough to appreciate Daisy Duke at that point. No, so you were fucking weird, <laughs> weird rewatching that Dungeon Dragons as a kid. Too many episodes, and I swear it happened more than once. It's like, we found the portal back to reality. Yes. And then Bobby would go, but what about uni? And they go, oh, yeah, fucking hell, you got this unicorn that you're attached to. Well, she can't exist in there. All oh, the portal's closed. <laughs> fucking hell. Again, Bobby, he's like, on the way to the next mission where we're going to find a portal, we need to have a real chat about uni because she cannot come. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> we found a portal. What about? Don't, Bobby. Don't you fucking dare. We're going home. Uh, yeah, the pool's closed again! Not today, Bobby! Not today! Every episode. Not every episode. Not every episode. <laughs> I loved it. Tim at the Dragon was amazing. Yeah. I only realised quite late into watching that Venger hates them so much because he is chased by Tiamat because Eric puts his shield up in the title sequence. Yes. I never knew that until yeah. really late on. I was yeah. like... Oh, that's why it does. I always got scared because I was too little. I was got scared that they, the portal and you, that worked for me because I didn't want a conversation where they were like, well, nobody wants us anymore, so we might as well stay here. Like, everyone will have forgotten about us because I thought that was coming. Maybe it did, I've forgotten, but that felt too sad. So I was really glad it was like some bullshit portal thing. There was an amazing episode where they, it's this big sort of demon creature that's operating this huge underground mine and it's full of children. Yes, I remember this. That it's snatched from their bedrooms yep. and dragged them into this world. And there's one line in it where I'm like, it's brilliant because our heroes, and Bobby in particular, end up in this mine and he sees one of his friends from the real world who's like mining in this mine. And he's like, what, what, what's happened? What, what are you doing here? And the friend goes, oh, don't worry. It's just a dream. I'll wake up in a moment. And it's not a dream. It's real. And I'm like... What, what concept for a kid's Saturday morning Jesus. cartoon? This is unbelievable. So this kid thinks they're in a dream, but actually they're trapped in this mind yeah. forever. And that's and why they're just working. Because yeah. they, th- they think it's a dream. Wow. And they're going to just wake up in a few hours. Oh my God, that's made me want to cry. <laughs> it's such a mad concept. I was like, this. Oh. honestly, I respect that, that series so much for instilling a lot of big ideas <laughs> in a very small brain. Oh, that's lovely. Uh, right now, also uh, jelly cube. This is a big deal, is it? I read a lot about jelly. No, are they not called jelly cubes? That cube yeah, of jelly. Yeah. Is yeah. it called a jelly cube? Uh, it, do you know what it made me think of? 
under the fucking skin. Uh, oh, yeah. I was like, oh. Yeah. But, and I just don't think, I don't think you're popcorn bubbly blockbuster needs to make me think of men dissolving in a liquid and being turned into jelly to be pumped down a conveyor belt to an alien planet i mean i read because i'd read about it i didn't mind it i don't know what you would think if you hadn't had forewarning that there would be a jelly cube in there dissolving people yeah Yeah. mad it's great though it is good so then we're on the boat now we've got the treasure and then holger throws a potato at forge you know what i'm gonna say was he interrupting her eating them? No, he wasn't. It would have been so much better if he was because that's her thing. Don't interrupt her. She will throw a potato at you or she'll kill you. She's throwing potatoes! Um, I think I answered my own question, but Forge is Lord of... Neverwinter. Neverwinter. He's got a good gig. Yes. Why? I was like, why doesn't he just stay Lord of Neverwinter? But it's because Safina wants rid of him so she can yes. turn Neverwinter. So that's why he's running off with the treasure. I don't uh, think he knows she's... Does he know she's going to oh, do that? I think that? so. Okay. Yeah, I think so. All I kept thinking was, if you stole all that treasure, treasure. and you have got everything that you want is on one boat, how do you protect all that treasure? Like, surely you just get uh, accosted by pirates and then that's the end of you. Like, how do you ensure that stays yours? It's too much to carry, too much to run with. Whatever, whatever. They stress me out. Interesting. I guess... You pay off your gods. Well, yeah, because he's been living with the protection of Safina this entire time. Yeah, you need magic. You need someone. Yeah, and you don't have anyone. No, you don't. And it's a very heavy boat, so I didn't think it looked like a great plan. Anyway, so I like Simon doing the upside-down sea thing. This is when I started to like Simon very much. Then we've got to turn back, so Edgin's got to be a hero. He's been a bit of a shit before, I guess, so now he's a hero. So we're going to save the townsfolk from the red smoke. And there's a trail of treasure and that's fine. Everything goes really well. The red smoke will not touch them now. Greed saved the townspeople. <laughs> that's correct. And then Safina's livid. I like this fist fight. I get that with, with mm. like the hands, yeah. whatever. That's all flurry, good. Flurry fight hands. Yeah, love that. And then she does a time stop thing. Or does she? Clever. Good. We're just pretending. We're just pretending. And so they all are just freezing to fuck with her. And then that owlbear thing smashes her to bits. And that's the end of her. It's got quite a good little beat because all the townspeople live. All the poor people who are entertained by the games get the treasure and get escaped. But they do kill the rich people. They kill, oh, yeah, they do, they kill the oh, one yeah. percenters. They do. Safina kills the one percenters. That's actually pretty scary. The red smoke looks amazing, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when it takes... you can see, Oh, you didn't see this before. Or maybe I not. The Thayan, Thayan, the something thing, the red... Thane. Is that... God, I've said it wrong twice. Thane. Are you making it up? I thought it was Thane. I've got no idea. I'm asking. You mean where... Who uh, are those people? Where Zastan came from. Zastan, yeah. Zastan. (laughs) Who? Zastan is the guy who appears to Safina in the corner of the world. The big bad who gets the flashback who tried to create all the undead army. Yeah, now, when you see Zastan, when you see them do their thing... I didn't notice the froth coming out of people's mouths uh, when they got got. Uh, and then you see it round the table. Uh, and I thought that was awesome. Uh, like that. Bit of froth. Bit of froth. Uh, anyway, Holger's got to die, but she's not because she uses her dying breath. Got teary. I got yeah, teary. Did you? Yeah, like, I was surprised. I was like, oh my God. It's so weird you, things that get you. I will say this. Uh, <laughs> it is quite a big question that Edgin puts on Kira's shoulders. He doesn't decide to bring Holger back. He says to his child... Do you want your mum? Do you want your mum or Holger? <laughs> yes. And she goes, Holger. And, and you, like, he's like, right, OK, I'm going to do that. I don't feel that conversation's over. No. I feel two months down the line, he's going to be like, God. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking... I can't shag her. Yeah, She's made I, that plain. I want my wife back. <laughs> I want my wife back. We have one bringy backstone, and you fucking <laughs> yeah. chose Holger. Holger, don't listen to this. <laughs> Eating potatoes is my thing. I think as well because he's had a big heart to heart with her, where he said, "I didn't want to bring your mum back. I wanted to bring my wife back." Nice, but it's not really her, so she's never heard that mm. because it's someone pretend it's the witch pretending. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, uh, it, I didn't cry, but I did find it quite moving um, as far as these things go. I told you, getting too sensitive, but yeah. Yeah. City gets put right. Hugh Grant's in jail. The I don't like that, but I do like the Jonathan payoff. Yeah. <laughs> like I like the wall bit. Jonathan! Yeah, then smash against the wall. I like that. Great. Uh, sequel, probably, maybe not now. So the end. TV show, though. Apparently TV series. Yes. Is we good? That's it. So, should we do the bits? Sure. Right, what was your best scene? Uh, my best scene. So, special mention to the... Film. Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, God. 
Oh, okay. I'm surprised that... By what you've written. Oh, yeah, I am. I th- so I thought I would pick... The reason I paused then is because I was like, actually... So special mention to the opening pardon meeting in front of the council uh, at the prison in Revel's End. Uh, like I said, 10 minutes to introduce your audience to the movie. Does it impeccably. Uh, but... <laughs> it's Doric's chase out of Neverwinter Castle where she changes into multiple oh, animals. Oh, yeah, that is good. I, I love Lorne Balfe's, uh, Balfe's score here. Yes. It's, I think the score is absolutely fantastic at this point. Uh, it's just... it's one of the best action sequences in the film. And I, I, I just... I know you aren't a fan, but, like, the fact that she turns into a deer and then, you know, it's just like they've spent 15 minutes at this point, mm. if not longer. Labour in the fuck out. Building up this joke. <laughs> and we get the payoff. And I was just like, oh, oh, that's perfect. <laughs> Hindsight now, I'm like, maybe the opening's better. But there, I've said it. The, the, right. the, the, the Doric's chase out of Neverwinter. My scene is a bit silly, but it is just the one that I had, again, a most, the most emotional response to, which is uh, when Holger saves them at the start and you see the first, that, that kind of fight and mm. the bit that was in the trailer, they, they know it's good, it is good. So I think it's the best bit. All right. What's your most valuable whatever? Uh, so, if I hadn't seen Paddington 2, Hugh Grant. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> but it's the same. But I've, I've seen Paddington 2. Um, uh, I do think Chris Pine's good, because um, I'm a big fan of Jason Bateman. Uh, <laughs> ouch. There's a bit where he's on the ship, and he gives commands to steer the ship, and it's like, oh, I should be watching Star Trek. That's annoying. <laughs> do you know what I think? It's That's bad. True. It's really naughty, uh, but there is a bit of that. Uh, like I said at the start, I'm close to giving it to Sarah Amanqua, who plays Baroness Torbo for Jonathan. Uh, <laughs> she's throwing potatoes. Uh, but I'm giving it to Sophia Lillis. Um, I think the character Doric is great. I think, as I was saying during this episode, she nails doing comedy without obviously playing it for laughs. I think, I, 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 and it's it's the performance that he's giving and there's nothing wrong with it. I think Chris Pine... It sometimes feels like it's it's mining for comedy. Yeah, she just delivers lines, and they're just really funny. Like the whole—I know it was in the trailer again. I think all our favorite moments. Yeah, in the trailer. Uh, you make plans that fail. Love it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just—it's yeah. so well delivered. Also, didn't realize until I started researching Beverly Marsh from. Yes, I didn't realize. I, I know. Like, she, and, uh, She's really good in that. The minute I realized it was Beverly Marsh, I was like, well, if you've disappeared into Doric. Brilliant actress. Yes. So, yeah, it's, yeah, uh, that's it's fair. Sophia Lillis. So I'm a massive fan of Chris Pine, but this reggae Jean Page fuss that I was uh, absolved myself from, now I get it. Like, it, this is it's just going to be huge. Like, it's not just that he's handsome. He's very handsome, obviously, but it's disrespectful to like, oh, he's very good looking. He is just good. He's just got something. So uh, mm. it's him, actually. Great stuff. What would you change? So I did mention this as we were going through. I... Totally understand borrowing the Marvel formula and applying it to D&D. I think it was a smart move, making D&D accessible to as wide an audience as possible. But borrow the formula. Don't borrow things so recognisable that it takes the viewer out of your movie. Uh, we discussed uh, one of the glaring ones, which is uh, Reggie John Page's Drax. Uh, sorry, Zenk. Um, uh, but the other one, I mean, Doric turning into Albert is just the Hulk. Yes, but it's it's fine. It's like, oh, all right. But the bit where she does the Safina beating at the end, slams it. It's 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 literally just. Oh my god, I've forgotten Tom Hiddleston's character, Loki. Loki. God, that was a mind melt. Thank God Uh, I knew that. That's so weird. Um, We swapped brains. Strange. (laughs) So yeah, it's it's just that beat from the first Avengers movie. You're like, oh come on, just (laughs) stop. It's fine. I get it. But um, but yeah, uh, also Edgin does have a little too much Star-Lord in him. Um, so it just basically, it flies. It's it's the Icarus of D&D movies. <laughs> if m- Guardians of the Galaxy... If Marvel is the sun. Marvel is the sun. <laughs> just flies too close and melts. Imagine the script meetings, though. Like, right, so guys, you two, we love, we love Mark. We love, we love God. Don't do it, but know that we love it. But don't do it, but know that we like it. Yep. And then off you go, please. Which is why I think I like Doric so much because I'm. I, I feel that she's a unique character to this movie, and I do. You know, I, I know you pick Reggie on page, and he does what he does very well. But I just, I, it's, it's just sort of like that's 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 a, from another movie. It's been lifted. Yeah. yeah, my oh, you've heard mine. I really don't like that because I like Simon. He's got he's carrying a lot, but this whole thing about him being able to use the helm of something. 
It has to be a trick that you learn, a trick, a spell, oh, whatever. A thing you learn to do with confidence. It has to be a visual thing that's not a punch in the face. I feel really, I'm over that. Like, I'm just not satisfied. It's not funny. Mm. Betrays the character, betrays their skill set. Nope. I, I mean, I, I'm not that I'm arguing. It's your change. Uh, but Chris isn't here, so I can have an opinion on someone's change for a change. Um, <laughs> do you know, sort of equate it, it's not as good, but do you know, equate it to the dance-off at the end of the first Guardians movie? I don't movie? love that, to be honest. Oh, OK. I well, mean, go. everyone's very good. and But the first time, you know, that's the first time you've seen that, you're like, oh, OK. You know, I don't love that. I don't love Star Trek when they do the thing to sabotage. Oh, I love it. I think it's <laughs> fucking stupid. Yeah, so I don't think Simon Pegg like that. I can't remember. I don't want to speak out of turn, but I remember he didn't really like the first trailer, which was said to sabotage, but maybe he didn't like it because it revealed the sabotage bit from the, the whole movie. end. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right then. Right. Do you want to do it? Yeah, I'll do it this week. You do it next week. Cool. Great. It's time. For the verdict. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! So, do you want to go first? Yeah, I've All thought right. about this a lot and I've gone back and forth. So here is my reasoning, right? Dungeons and Dragons is a more surface level fun film. Nothing wrong with that. I like that. And I would actually watch it again. But Warcraft, because my expectations were nowhere, I'd never even fucking heard of it, it made me feel things I was not expecting to feel even with all the CGI. So, like, when we talked about, when I mentioned, like, the crossroads of limbs, I was like, there is another film in here somewhere. Um, so I actually don't know. And then I think that Warcraft got really punished, and I don't know why, because Dungeons & Dragons has done the same sort of thing, not obviously less CGI, but I don't understand why that got away with it and Warcraft didn't. But I want to give it to Warcraft because in the effort that is there to do something really big... And they've both got these fucking constant side missions that's doing my head in. But what it comes down to is I just find it so obnoxious, which is, oh, sorry, that's a big word, cynical and misguided that you would shoot for a sequel before the thing has even come out uh, and it wrecks the end of the film of Warcraft. And I think when you're making a film, not obviously you should be proud and you should shoot for the stars and all the rest of it, but you also need to be a bit humble or at least alive to the idea that it might not happen. So you have to make a film that works on its own terms. Mm. So only for this, and it's super close, but because Dungeons and Dragons is a more rounded experience because it's less overt and it's sequel grabby stuff, then it's Dungeons and Dragons. (sighs) One for Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. So I will say this is way, way closer than I thought it was walking in to these movies. I, I love D&D the first time I saw it. Um, it felt like a really fresh take because only halfway through did I go, oh, Reddick and Jean Page's Drax. And until then, I hadn't spotted the similarities to Guardians. Uh, but I, I don't want to bang on about the difference between watching a film in the cinema and at home, but watching it in the cinema, I absolutely adored it. It was immersed for two hours, thought it was fantastic. This time at home, uh, the cracks began to show a little more. More gags than I remember fell flat. And there's a little bit of a smugness to it, a bit like the smugness of horrible bosses. Like It's like that sort of like, we're just, we're going to just kind of like do our thing. Yeah. And if you don't like it, it's like, yeah, you can do that with horrible bosses because it's real world stuff. You can't yeah. really do that with D&D. You need to be going and come with us. Yes. Come with us. And it leans back into itself a bit too much. Uh, that said, it is a lot of fun. Uh, Warcraft uh, might not be a weird film if you're a massive player of uh, the MMO but uh, as a newbie it's mad (laughs) it does mad things narratively wow so impenetrable at times and I love it for that I love like the choices it makes Um, and it's rare that you see a 160 million dollar blockbuster that makes such weird decisions I found I was more engaged with it than the cookie cutter storytelling of D&D because it surprised me consistently but like V I mean not killing Goldown off at the end is just such a misstep it spoils the rest of the movie and I think more so because as a newbie you've invested so much in trying to understand this movie by the end you're like I want my payoff yes. I put in the hours yes. I did my time pay it off and I'm not saying if you say if you want Goldown to come back Great, but I watched A New Hope, and I think Vader's gone. Like, the, even though he's not dead, he's disappeared off. He's like, he's, his spaceship spiraling off into the nowhere, and you're like, that's enough for me. He's been defeated within this movie's logic. Do that with Goldam. You don't have to kill him, bring him back. But I need to, I don't need to see him walk back to his tent. <laughs> that's your payoff. So, for that alone, and I really did want to give it to Warcraft, but that ending is what's done it for me as well. So, it goes to Dungeons and Dragons. We have a winner. It's Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves for completion. I did ask Chris, and from Austin, live. 
We can go to Chris. Hello. Uh, <laughs> does I can't even do him. Uh, <laughs> that is a uh, high compliment, actually. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons, like them both, but had the bonus of being really funny. <laughs> Lazy. half But you know what? Fine. Fine. So, yes. Our winner is Dungeons and Dragons, Honour Among Thieves, and it doesn't really do Warcraft justice to say it was three out of three here. But, of course, as always, when the poll goes up on Twitter, you can tell us how right or wrong we got it when you cast your vote. That is us done for this week. So, next week, <laughs> your clue was... One hit wonder. And what are we doing? We're doing Smoking Aces. Yep. And Bullet Train. Wow! Yeah! Okay. <laughs> Wowzers. So, run me through why the clue works again. Because they are hit people mm. and only one of them will finish the job. And become a wonder. And become a wonder. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, don't break wonder down into two syllables. That confuses it further. I'll become a wonder. Become a wonder. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, did you get that or did you need my clue? You needed my clue. I understand. So we'll be back on Monday <laughs> when we are talking this week's first movie and next week's Clash, which is, of course, Smoking Aces. Until then, subscribe on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. Check us out on our YouTube channel, Clash of the Titles. Do hit subscribe. Thank you for listening. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. Clash of the Titles is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.